This is the New Testament reading from Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life is Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and of death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and to deal with sin, he fulfilled, he can, I'm sorry, he can deal with sin in the flesh, so that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their mind on the things of the Spirit. Set the mind on the flesh of flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit. Since the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you through the body, I'm sorry, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through the Spirit that grows in you. Amen. It's the word of the Lord. That's what's up. Thanks, Carl. Right on. Okay. So, how we do? Was that enough time? You guys figure all that out? Man. Jeez. What are you allowing? Oh, man. We did that. Yeah. Hey, so... Survey question. What do you guys think of when you think of the Holy Spirit? Anyone, any quick, like, what pops in your mind? I think of all the times my mom's been like, the Holy Spirit told me. Oh, so you think of your mom? Basically. Yeah, that's interesting. That's kind of, I gotta think of my mom too, that's interesting. That's a killer thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what else? What do you think of? What comes to your mind when you think of the Holy Spirit? <laughs> Is it too heretical to say Scooby-Doo? Uh, no, anything goes, right? That's the thing about the Holy Spirit. We don't really have to do we know. Wouldn't that be interesting? We all find out in the Eschaton that the Spirit of God looks just like Scooby-Doo. Well, not Scooby-Doo, but like the ghosts and stuff. You know? Oh, so no, no, you're all there. You're all for reservation. <laughs> yeah, any, anybody other than the cable? Jeremy? It's a bit ironic because um, this topic itself has caused 
division in the church. When in fact the very role of the Spirit of God is unity. Right? So, yeah, what is the, what is the role? How, how do you commune with the Spirit of God? Right? How, how does that work? Uh, you know, you know who you talk to, right? I was um, in a conversation the other day with a friend, and he was telling me about some other friends uh, who were having a familiar conflict, and it went something like, right, this couple, and one one was like, you know, the the spirit of God, the spirit. I, I really feel like the spirit's telling me that we need to break up. Like I really feel like that this thing, this you know. <laughs> I'm really feeling like it. The Spirit told me it was for the best. And the other person, right, you know how this goes. The other person's like, you know, that's funny because I really feel like the Spirit's telling me that um, we should really work through this. Yeah, no, we're going to, you know. I'm thinking like, no, the Spirit's telling me y'all are ridiculous. That's what the Spirit's telling me, you know. Uh, so, you know, for many, um, yeah, how do we communicate with the Spirit of God? This is, uh, this is simple. Um, for many... And this is this is no, this is not news, right? We we've made much of our conversations around the Spirit of God as sort of like like a, about gifts and about power, right? Gifts and power. You know, back in the day, man, I love it. Let's just all go up there. Like, so good. Um, you know, back in the day, uh, we uh, back in, anyway, my teenage years, whatever that was. <laughs> And we, we loved talking about gifts of the Spirit. It was like our favorite topic. Are you with me? Like Bible studies, quizzes, like we love talking about gifts of the Spirit. It's like our favorite Bible study, right? It's like, dear Paul, thanks for all the confusing sections on the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, right? Dear, thank you, 90s, you know? And uh, it was just, we were, we were into it. We had tests you could take. You could read books that told you how to speak in tongues. You know, we just had everything, right? Whole conferences. And uh, not saying that, right, that there aren't gifts associated with our life in the Spirit of God, right? But it's sort of a slippery slope when every time we talk about and have conversations about the Spirit of God, and it's always about what we can get. Are you with me? About what we get from the Spirit. Which kind of brings us to, to power. Right? Power. Which, uh, as it turns out, is not a super helpful translation uh, in Western Christianity today. Right? Uh, we go all over the place with that word, don't we? Power, right? We have lots of power. We, have, we pray for power over for parking spaces, because to park that car uh, in that we prayed for at one point, so that we can go in the store and do some empowered shopping for our abundant living, right? You know, we got power everywhere, uh, you know? So, um, yeah, the Spirit of God. You know, what strikes me about Pentecost, what strikes me about Pentecost is, is, is really how long they had to wait do you notice that in the text, like, it, it's like they just had to wait. They were like, weeks went by, right? Just weeks went by. And it's like, 
okay, when is this happening? You know, it's like, have you waited for anything this long in your life? Right? Short of having a baby. At least there's a general timeline, right? Biology says this thing's coming out at some point. You know, there's a general nine months. There's a window. That's not how it goes, right? Now, Jesus, Jesus just ascends. He's like, okay, y'all wait here. I'm going to go. The Spirit of God's going to come sometime. You know, and it's just like, there they are. You know, it's like waiting on a publisher to get back to you. It's just not going to happen. Uh, but, uh, uh, ooh, that, 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 boundary. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I guess there seems to be a certain posture that precedes spirit work in our lives. Are you with me? There's a certain posture that actually precedes, like, patience. Unity, prayer, listening. There's like a, there's like a slowness. Like if you look, there's like a slowness that precedes spirit work. There's a humility. There's a openness, right? There's a posture of reception that happens prior to, to spirit work, right? It's not an agenda. It's a reception. Two, likewise. I believe there are also markers that identify um, active, embodied spirit work in our lives, right? When the spirit is actually working in our lives. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of folks out there that maybe try to grab at a lot of, like, the peripheral stuff. But, but really, what is the one, what is the one thing, uh, right? Are, are the desires and actions in your life definable? as love, right? Loving your neighbor, selfless, humble, trusting, right? The work of the Spirit should be kind of clear, right? Because love is ultimately clear. Um, at least I think love has a clarity to it, right? And so, but the more that we are people, right, who, who are primarily driven by our our you know, we use the word ego a lot sometimes, the more difficult it will be to hear from the Spirit of God in our lives, uh, perhaps. So, take for instance, like, compassion. Right? Who, who here this morning is into compassion? People just, like, dig in compassion this morning? Yeah, yeah, right? That's right. That's right. Okay, a couple of those, like, half. Okay. Right. Well, at least, you know, that's how I'm going we're an honest bunch. You know? That's, like, that's what makes it, that's what sets us apart. And uh, we're, we're an honest crew. You know, compassion, I realize at some point, compassion is just one of those really good ones that pretty much everybody's on board with. You know what I'm saying? Like, compassion is generally a good idea. Uh, you know, um, compassion, you know, it looks good on paper. It makes sense. Preacher says, care for your neighbor. Yeah, 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 it's a good idea. It's a good idea. You know, I'm a Christian. That's what we do. Care for our neighbor. Yeah, I'm on board. That's what I believe. Yeah, yeah. Amen to that. Right? That's what, that's what we believe. This is, the, this is the common mental ascent to compassion. Um, it's a good idea. Uh, but there's a world of difference between that and actually being a compassionate person. Right? This is kind of like, duh, but this is all kind of like, also kind of like, whoa. I mean, if you really let this sink in, because uh, actually caring for the other with, with your heart is something entirely different, right? 
do you desire to be compassionate? Right? Think about desiring to be compassionate. Right? Not mostly thinking of yourself all the time, what you need, what you want, but actually other-oriented. Um, yeah, genuinely. Think. It's kind of a litmus test, I suppose. Um, and in fact, you can do all sorts of compassionate acts in the world. You can do all sorts of um, acts of compassion out of a sense of checking the right box, right? You can, and, you know, you can you can do all these things, but still not serve out of a compassionate heart. Are you are you with me? You can you can serve for all sorts of like selfish reasons, right? To be seen, maybe, or to not be left out. Or because you really got uh, messed up in your childhood and it's just the right thing to do, you know? Or, or you're scared of an angry God, right? Or um, you're just checking that box, right? We can, we can do compassionate things, looking things, for all sorts of reasons this morning. And I think this brings us back to why, when we talk about spirit work, why this is such a holy and important conversation. Because spirit work always comes back to talking about what our true desires are and what's genuine and what's authentic and what's real and what's actually happening with in, inside of us, right? That, that we would be spirit-filled, right? Serving from this one place, this one place called love. Are you with me? And so only you, perhaps, I guess, can assess that properly. Um, but so we have to be careful that what we desire and what we want in life, in our life with God, which is all life, is not the outcomes of a spirit-filled life. But what we want is actually a spirit-filled life. It's not, the, what we're after here is not like, what it looks like to have a life filled with the Spirit of God. But actually what we want is the Spirit of God. Right? Do you want to see, do you want to do something great for God or do you want to see God in His greatness? We say a lot. Right? Because those are actually different things. Those are actually different postures in the world. So, tomorrow's my birthday. 
is strangely warmed. It's like a pivotal moment for us watching this, right? He writes, he says, I felt I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for salvation. And an assurance was given me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. Mmm. Blessed assurance. What does it mean this morning that you and I are Pentecosted? What does it mean that we are transformed and filled and sanctified and saturated and strangely warmed with the Holy Spirit in our lives? Right? Like even more, even more, even more. Uh, right? With the Spirit of God. We love to talk about entire sanctification this way. So. It's like when your desires, when your desires even are transformed and changed, what does it mean? What does it mean to be filled up with something, right? It's like when you're empty, right? Same here with me. What does it mean to be filled up with something, right? Because when you're filled up with something, you're actually uh, you're actually full. This is super revolutionary. This is why I became a pastor, okay? You guys stick with me. When you're filled up with something, you're full. And so what happens when something else goes in? Like a shark ring that's symbolic for your work. What happens when something else goes in, like the laundry? Is this the laundry? It's whatever's in my pocket right now. Get in there. Get in there. <laughs> right? What happens when something else goes in, like, I don't know, a Sunday afternoon in May? Oh my gosh, look at that. Get in there. Get in there. Uh-oh. See, something's happening right now. We're, we're spilling, right? That, that work report that you're filing, get in there, little man. All that garden work that you gotta do, all that nonprofit stuff, oh, look at this. This is, uh, this is just called a Saturday. This is, look at that right there. Look at that. This is just, this is like all your life right here. Trying to see what else I got in my pocket right now. You know, that soccer game, that soccer game, all of this stuff, right? That conflict, oh man. Oh, geez, that one didn't go in. That's prophecy, right? Oh man. So what happens, right? This, this is very crucial to what it means to live a holy life, I think. Is that... When your cup is full, when you're filled up, when these things go in, well, these things actually become saturated as well. And I think we've spent a long time in our faith thinking about it the other way. We've spent a lot of time thinking about 
keeping the walls up, keeping the barriers up. This doesn't belong. This doesn't go in here, right? Let's 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 draw some hard lines here. What it means to be holy. But but what if the posture of a holy life and a spirit-filled life is that when you're full, you're full, and that when anything else goes in there, that becomes saturated as well. That becomes holy as well. That becomes sanctified into the life of God because your whole life, the whole thing is kind of what's up. Whatever your life is. Because that life is full of the Spirit of God and we're sanctifying the whole thing. And the more things that come out, the more Spirit of God just starts splashing everywhere and somebody else gets some. Because that's what it means to be filled with the Spirit of God. Right? Because when you're full, you're full this morning. He writes in Romans 8, on this text, he talks about your desires. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the flesh and what it desires. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. He goes on, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit. But indeed, the Spirit of God lives in you. But if Christ, first statement of Christ, is in you, if Christ fills you up, right, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit of God, and when you put when you put death in the cup, it becomes life. It's just how it works, right? He goes on in that chapter, right? You guys know the end of chapter Romans eight, right? The creation groans for the longing, the freedom, the hand, the children of God, right? Because who knows what happens when the people of God start becoming the people of God in the world. Everything around it, even creation itself, becomes saturated and becomes set free this morning. And so what does it mean for us to be filled with the Spirit this morning? What does it mean for us to be saturated? What does it mean for us to, to lean in and that our desires, right, even become changed and transformed and as we're communing with God. May it become clear for you this morning. May it become love. May it become a marker. May it become your spirit, God's spirit, with my spirit and your spirit. And maybe one spirit this morning. So I'm going to pray for us. And uh, Josh is going to come. And we're going to break into song. And then uh, Nikki will come back here in a minute. Dear Lord God, Pentecost, Lord, a gift that you've given us. Lord, we're not here for the gifts, but if you want to give us some gifts, we're here for it. Lord, please fill us up. Pour us out. Help us to be part of your sanctifying presence in the world. May we be Pentecosted and may we be set aflame and saturated and poured out 